All right, give me just a second. Let me get this. Do you want to write it down, Joe? Um, I... <laughs> hey. <laughs> Sorry, I had hey, Dan. to. <laughs> hey, Dan, I've got a pencil. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've got a pencil, Dan. That's a... I had to. I had to. That's a number two, <laughs> sir. Have you ever bought a number three? I mean, really. Do they have one? No, they do. They, they're, they're like one through eight. Yeah. Really? What else can we say to just make Rocco nuts? What else can we do? <laughs> just wait. I'm just waiting on Joe, man. Hello, coming up on this episode of Linux User Space, we're going to find some lingering bad voltage from our previous episode with our guest, Stuart Language. And we're also going to tell you why OBS is the app to use for video on Linux. Join us in the Linux User Space. Hello and welcome to the Linux user space. I'm Joe. I'm Leo. I'm Dan. And I'm Rocco. Are you Rocco? Hmm. Rocco, I I feel like you've been moonlighting. What? I don't know what you're talking about, Joe. Ah, little birdie told me. Hmm. (laughs) I was listening to something and I heard your voice and I didn't hear our voices. So I Do you feel "Hmm." left out, Joe? Well, that's that's a common thread in my life, but Uh, so, Rocco, where where have you been vaunting off to in the wee hours of the morning? Well, it wasn't the wee hours of the morning, but I was invited to be on Tyler's tech show, their podcast that he has. And him and Zero do a YouTube video podcast, and they talk about all kinds of Linux things. And he invited me on to talk about, you know, community and, and other topics. And we had a great conversation. It was awesome. I even mentioned this show and i mentioned dan and leo and i don't think i mentioned you joe well, it's left him yeah. right out no you might, <laughs> might not have mentioned me it's, uh, you know, it's... no i i didn't mean to leave you out no I'm, was... I'm, I'm pretty sure it was intentional um mm. yeah um I, I heard uh how, how awesome leo is uh and dan <laughs> and then um I so mean, let's I... get the story straight here yeah mm. i brought up bill because of his work. So my in... name's not Bill. So I just, I want to put that out there. Like, if you're going to talk <laughs> we'll about that me, that is my statement. name. I brought up Bill and Dan because of, because I, in my head, I was thinking of their uh, work with Lubuntu and Ubuntu Mate and all their behind the scenes yeah. work that they do. And then when we, when I brought them up, I don't know. I just started talking about how I see them in the telegram groups helping out. Somebody has a question and then, you know, Who's the next guy that popped in my head was, you know, Joe. dollar sign, oh. dollar sign. Oh, dollar sign. Mm-hmm. Oh, Leo, yeah. dollar sign Chavez. So I mentioned Leo and I, you know, just, and we just moved on then and we didn't talk about you. Right. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. That's, that, that show I'm, is very I'm, I'm fast fine. moving though. Were you forgiving? I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. 
Some sometimes if you just if you don't get your word in, they're on to the next topic. You can't. You you gotta just don't don't justify him. Dollar sign. Get out. Get off there. I don't have anything to be mad about. He said my name. I I feel like I need to get you a bucket, Joe, so you can carry all your tears (laughs) around with you. You know, it was not my show, so I had to go with the flow of whatever they wanted. Joe. It was a flow. It was a fast-moving river. It was fast-moving. It was a good show. I, I listened to it. I thought it was a yeah. good show. It was riveting. Riveting. I, I don't normally I, listen to shows that quickly after they're put out. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was pretty crazy. I, I kind of caught that was. one before it got, you know, too stale. Yeah. I don't know what else you guys talked press. about. I mean, I did Before shut it, it off was after cool. my name was skipped. Right, I know. I figured you would. Yeah, but uh, but no, it did uh, sound like you guys had a good time over there. It, it was a great time. The, Tyler's a super cool dude, down to earth. Zero is the same way. So it was just like no pressure at all. It was just us talking. Yeah, yeah it has so got nice that natural nice laid back feel. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. came across that way. It was very, very yep. easy going. But that's because that's the way they set it up, and I think that's all. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like it's kind of odd we're not uh, talking with our guest. Yeah, it is kind of odd. We probably left him out this whole time. Whoops, a doodle. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, we should. We should probably. We should probably invite. All because you wanted to do a hit piece on me. <laughs> we, should, <laughs> <laughs> we should probably uh, invite Stuart in and get get going with the show, guys. Yeah. Well, Mr. Stuart Langridge, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on to Linux User Space. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's very kind of you. Absolutely. Uh, for those that listen that don't know who you are, give us a quick about you. Okay. I um, never really know how to answer this question. Um, <laughs> my name's Stuart Langridge. I'm a consultant, I suppose you'd call me. Um, uh, history with Linux. Um, I worked for Canonical for five or six years, and then I left to work for myself, which which is all great, obviously, and not at all affected by the global pandemic that's going on at the moment. Um, <laughs> I'm I was a Debian user, and then I was an Ubuntu user, uh, and I still am an Ubuntu user. Uh, I've been doing Linux podcasts now since two thousand and four. I think the first episode of Lug Radio was, and been doing things since. Now I do one called Bad Voltage, which is fun. Um, yeah, uh, does, I don't know if that answered your question. But I, no, I came up, that's I came up on the programming kind of a side, you know. But these days, I do a lot of talking to people and writing documents. So you've been into Linux for a very, very long time. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> when when exactly did you start in Linux? Uh, my first Linux distribution, well, technically, the first time I ran a Unix thing on my own computer was at university, and it was Minix. And the reason it was Minix is because it was only a 286 and Linux wouldn't run on it. So that was 1995. So people who remember back then, those were the days where you got Slackware and you had to load it all in off of floppy disks and you fed in 14 floppy disks. And then if you wanted networking, there was another 12 floppy disks, which (laughs) I had to download um, at the university and then walk all the way back to the house. Um, But yeah, since then, I mean, I got into Debian fairly soon after that, stuck with Debian, spent a bunch of time complaining there ought to be some kind of thing that was like Debian, but um, 
actual real people could use it rather than just super nerds. And fortunately, um, a bloke with millions of dollars heard my lament and created Ubuntu. So hooray. Well done, Mark. It was all your <laughs> fault, huh? Uh, sadly, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I think I was not alone in seeing that there was a space there. <laughs> Awful yeah. lot of people, um, when Ubuntu was announced before it even came out, um, I distinctly remember the response being, but this is exactly what we're looking for. You know, a, ver a version of Debian that I can actually use. Hooray. <laughs> what about Canonical? Dude? How do you get involved? How do you go from being a Linux user to getting involved in Canonical? A few things, really. Um, when I went to Canonical, it was to join the online services team. Those of you who remember back as far as sort of 2008 or so may remember um, the late, great Ubuntu One. And I spoke to um, some people there who said uh, they were looking to put together an online services team. But a lot of my background has been on and in the the web, the open web, uh, doing... I've written books and done talks and all that sort of thing. And they were looking for people who understood the online world and at the same time understood uh, Ubuntu and understood Linux and understood open source and the concepts underlying it and that sort of thing who would fit in well at Canonical. And so they came and talked to me and I said, that sounds great. Give me a job. Especially since <laughs> I, I, I was working for, I'm not going to say, I was working for a company in London who weren't great. And so this was obviously manna from heaven when the <laughs> the offer arrived. So, yeah, I jumped at it and never looked back. <laughs> Very nice. So Canonical, that's awesome. Is that uh, kind of your, were, were you uh, friends with, because obviously we've heard you on the Ubuntu podcast uh, as well. Were you friends with uh, Alan or uh, Martin prior to your Time at Canonical, after, during? Ooh, How's that relationship? Um, Martin, no. Alan, yes. Um, he, he was um, part of the Lug Radio community, and they started the Ubuntu podcast, and I was part of the Ubuntu podcast community. Plus, we're both in England. Um, Martin, I didn't know at that point. Did, did anyone know Martin at that point? I think he was still being a chef then. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what time frame we're talking about so this is um sort of 2008 or so yeah. uh, i went to work for canonical back end of 2008 if i remember rightly so yes uh Popey, i knew before that i got gotcha. you um, martin i didn't john o i knew before that he was on like radio and at that point he still lived in the uk so we knew one another very well i i might have been living in his house <laughs> Sometimes good stories. Then. Here we go. Here we go. Good stories. All right. <laughs> um, various things changed in my personal life, which I won't bore you with. And there were three months during which I didn't have a house, so I stayed with Jono. Um, that would have been about two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, I think. Oh, I can't, I'd have to look it all up. But yes, um, we've been friends. Well, I was going to say we've been friends ever since. We've been friends for twenty years now. So very cool. Yep, that's fantastic, cool. Stuart. Would you talk a little bit about uh, Lug Radio and, and how that all started in your involvement? Sure. Um, it started in my library. <laughs> nice. Uh, we, the, uh, the originating members of Lug Radio were all part of the Wolverhampton Linux user group, which Jono had set up. 
I joined in about 2002, I think. And so you had uh, me, Jono, Matt Ravel, and Steve Parks. And we were kicking around the idea of doing some kind of a podcasting thing. Back then, there was basically only the Linux Link Tech Show, and that's all there was. And we said, we could do something like this, but different vibe. They had a, they had a very, uh, quite a formal technical vibe. And we were like, why don't we just doss about on air? That sounds fun. <laughs> Uh, and so we decided to give it a try. The four of us recorded a show. Uh, that was May, I think, 2004. And that then went on for six or so series. We created Lug Radio Live, which was a conference live event. And the motivation behind that was... This, this might be different in the US, but I don't think it is, especially not these days. Um... Back then in the UK, you had one Linux event every year, uh, which happened in Olympia in London. And it was very uh, Linux World, I think it was called. It was very commercially focused. So you went down and it was all um, booths and exhibitions. And occasionally there'd be a talk, but you had to have paid £300 to get into it. And so oh, we'd wow. go down because that's, you know, all there was. But the fun bit was the hallway track. Mm-hmm. was uh, across the road from um, Earl's Court, Olympia in London, there is a pub called the Hand and Flower, or there was then, I'm not sure if there still is, and everyone would end up gathering in there. So all the people with suits on who were there to sell you the latest version of Oracle on Linux presumably went back to wherever it is people with suits go when it's the evening. <laughs> and the rest of us would all pile into the pub. And that was brilliant. You know, you got to sit and talk to people you didn't know about stuff you were interested in and have a beer at the same time. And we said, what if you took that feeling and created a conference out of it? So that was the first Lug Radio Live, which was in 2004, five, 2005, I think. And then we did that every year up until we stopped the show in 2009. And that was good. I... um. Yeah, it depends on who you talk to. But for a while, it was probably the premier open source event in the UK. Although that depends on a lot, a lot on who you ask. People who, people, who, people who would have been going in order to sell things to you would probably not have said that. People who are going because they enjoyed it, community, yes. Why did you stop? John, I moved to America. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> was the basic reason. I mean, there was there was some extent um, to where we felt, you know, we've we've done what we can with this, right? We've been doing it five or six series. We'd had three or four different changes of lineup. John and I were there from the beginning to the end. But um, uh, we had Adam Sweet come in and Chris Proctor and Aid Bradshaw, and we'd had guest presenters on so on so forth. that was fun we've done uh lug radio live five times we did it once in the u.s in uh the metreon in san francisco uh we we won an award um uh <laughs> they they did a nice write-up in linux format about linux podcasts and we were the best and that was gratifying but yeah, we're like okay so we've feeling. so we've done a bunch of stuff here with this um it's been fun now Jono's moving to the states so it'll be awkward to do and there was much less in the way of kind of streaming video technology. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And so we said, well, you know, so we'll we'll call a stop to it for now. Uh, maybe at some point in the future we'll bring it back. But um, yeah, it, 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 we'd done what we set out to do with it, I think. So you'd mentioned before, um, is this around the time Bad Voltage was born? Not quite. What happens is Jono and I go, right, okay, we've done, we're done with podcasting now. It's the same with books. We'll have these yep. conversations. We go, well, I'm not writing another book. Just after you finish publishing a book, you say, I'm not writing another book. Right, I'm not doing it. Next time I say I'm going to write a book, talk me out of it. And you go, okay. And then a couple of years go past. <laughs> and and he'll pick up the phone or I'll pick up the phone and go, I had this idea. How about we do a podcast? Or um, <laughs> I'm thinking about writing a book. Um, so we did one called Shot of Jack uh, first, which was – Shot of Jack was interesting. Our idea was instead of it being relatively long shows, which were deep dives into particular things with lots of people, it would be the two of us. Each show would be five or ten minutes long, and it would be on one subject, go into that subject, and then it would stop. And then the conversation, uh, the, the idea was to engender conversations in the listener community. And then there'd be two of those a week. And it went well for, we, we stuck it out for... 20 30 shows i think but the recording time scale was brutal it's really yep. hard to uh to turn things over that fast i mean the other thing was it was probably a bit early we're now at the stage where the idea of five minute single shot stuff on things is quite common a lot of people do youtube videos like that so mm -hmm, on and so mm -hmm. forth but shot of jack was probably a bit early to catch the zeitgeist for it so we did it for a bit and then went, okay, that was fun, but we can't keep this up. <laughs> I was spending all my time either recording things or thinking about things that need recording. <laughs> and yes, I have to have I something of the rest of a life, you know. And, yeah. I mean, you'll know yourselves. The amount of time you spend actually recording the show is a small portion of the amount of time you spend prepping for it, deciding what you do in it, planning for it, editing it afterwards, releasing it, um, uh, talking to people in the community about it, building the scripts that run it, all this kind of thing. Um, so if I said to you, okay, this is yeah, this show that you're doing here, imagine um, uh, doing it four times a week. You'll go, well, yeah, no, never. Absolutely nope, not. not. Happen. <laughs> Matter <laughs> here. Is, yeah. this, this no, that's why we're every other week. Is sitting yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I think... I think a lot of Linux podcasts are every other week. I mean, that, that's what we did with Lug Radio. Um, it was every other week, exactly so you have the middle week to plan. Um, and I don't know whether we were responding to a natural need or creating it, but um, there seems to be the common schedule for a lot of things is fortnightly, uh, bi-weekly, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, that seems to fit people's timescales a lot. But we did shop Jack, and then another couple of years went past, and and I rang John up and said, I got a question to ask you. And he said, Is it should we do another podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Yes. Yes, it is. Why? And he said, Well, I was thinking of asking you the same thing. So we put together bad voltage. That's and, awesome. Yeah, you know, it's have fun.
So tell me a little bit about this. So uh, apparently Rocco, Dan and Joe all listen to Bad Voltage, but I've I've only heard of it in podcasting circles. So I've never listened to it myself. Where's my band uh, hammer? Let's get him out, <laughs> get get him out, out of here. Get, get him out of here. Dollar sign Leo. I know, right? Dollar sign terrible Chavez. Why should I answer your question? Just <laughs> <laughs> pretend he's... You know what? We have a new four-man crew. Thanks for joining the show That's as it. permanent full-time steward. That's it. I'll tag out. That. You tag in. Yep. Uh, rest in peace, uh, dollar sign. So, That's it. Um, the goal behind Bad Voltage is um, we wanted to talk about things which interested us, uh, primarily technology. But it's not particularly, there's no real reason why you would have come across it. It's not particularly an open source show. It's not a Linux show at all. Um, because um, the, the current presenters are me, Jono, uh, Jono Bacon, and uh, Jeremy Garcia, who runs Linux Questions. And because our backgrounds are all in open source Linux and... Uh, that's kind of what we're interested in. The topics tend to show up a lot, but it's not specifically oriented to that. So we got a certain amount of pushback from people early on uh, because we weren't talking about Linux enough. We said, but that's not what the show's about. So we'll spend a lot more time talking about, um, you know, uh, new apps that are available on your phone or big picture technological stuff about where the industry's going or how the market looks or something like that rather than deep diving deep dives into linux specific things so if someone's looking for linux stuff bad voltage is not the place to find it but yeah i mean uh, we 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 almost certainly mention i don't know the amazon echo more than, more than we do <laughs> um uh fedora say so, but I think that there's a, there's a, a reasonable amount of crossover. Um, people are just interested in technology generally. But yeah, Bad Voltage has a wider remit and a, a slightly different audience because of that. That's why I love it. Because, yeah, I'm a Linux enthusiast, but I just love tech. And 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 I, I do want to talk about uh, iPhones and, and whatever's coming up on Android or apps, or I do want to talk about what Microsoft is doing or, or Apple is doing and, and without Google the dirty and, and, looks, right? Yeah. Well, it's just, and, and, and then not feel dirty about it. Right. So then I have to go to this other community <laughs> to listen to a podcast that, that, that kind of just, you know, even I think, I think what you're at here and, and this is what's so good about it is most Linux people are also just tech people. Like I think they, they've kind of found a home with Linux, but they're, 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 most of them aren't using the UB ports, whatever pine phone, right? Like, or, or, you know, I mean, it's just now that Lenovo and all these guys are, you're buying a, a Linux first laptop or, or all these. So all the big tech questions still affect the Linux community on some level. I mean, Popey's famous for talking about his echoes, right? Or his, his Alexas, you yeah. know, I've, I've got, I've got a house full of them. Don't say that out loud, but it's you will it's notice great. I referred to it as an Amazon Echo and didn't say yeah. her name specifically because of that. Yeah, I, I really wish one of you had speakers on right now. Alexa, so subscribe. <laughs> Alexa, order me more toilet paper. I need the '96 pack. The listeners oh, okay. are going to be frantically. No, 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 no. <laughs> Rocco will edit that out. That's fine. But the greatest thing about Bad Voltage is that it's the three of you guys. It's the chemistry between the three of you that. 
there are subjects that you talk about that I'll to be honest with you that I'm not overly concerned with. But I enjoy so much listening to the three of you talk about it, regardless of if I'm into it or not. It is enjoyable to listen to because you guys are, are funny yet serious. You're deep thinking. Um, you come with some serious background and, and information. You know what you're talking about, but you just mesh that together and you mesh it together with fun and enjoyment. And that is the best thing about Bad Voltage. Now, Stuart, is all that correct? Uh, obviously. Uh, far be it for me to turn down a compliment. Um, uh, that's very gratifying to hear. Thank you. I mean, that's obviously what we're aiming for, you know, and the chemistry between the three of us is a good portion of why the show exists. Anybody who can talk about see-through public toilets is, <laughs> I mean, that that requires a certain level of chemistry just to be able to broach that subject. So That was interesting. Well done, Tokyo. They haven't uh, opened those things up in the People's Republic of Birmingham yet, but I keep watching out for them. So. Uh, I can't wait. I want to see it. Yeah, I want to see all the inner workings. Let's get, let's get to it. <laughs> yep. In general, we're not a new show. Um, quite often something we'll talk about will be prompted by something that's happened in the world, but it's not directly in response to that. I mean, quite often, um, we have a, uh, our planning session is every other week. Yeah. Again, bad voltage is fortnightly. Um, and on the off week, we have the planning session for the next show. And normally we'll, we'll have a bunch of topics, but then when we show up to that, it'll be, oh, but what about this thing? And that is the thing which has happened in the previous week, but it's not really, let's talk about the thing that happened. If anything, that's normally a jumping off point into a bigger picture thing. So the most recent show we released at time of recording, we were talking about um, app stores and whether it's reasonable for the organisation that creates an ecosystem to then go on extracting value from that ecosystem. So if you, run a, if you run an app store, is it reasonable that anyone who spends a dollar in it, you get to keep 30 cents of it? This is obviously prompted by all the recent fury with Epic and Apple and with I was just about to ask Apple if that's what it was. Mm -hmm. WordPress and so on. But the question was alive a year ago, and it'll be alive a year from now. And we could, uh, it, it's just the current news is what's brought it to mind. This is not specifically what should be done about epic it's is this concept a good one or not and we tend to use new stuff to help us lead into larger stories yeah it was good i i, I you had some good i, I like listening to you guys kind of especially on that topic this week as you guys kind of marinated on it a little bit and and I, I liked the back and forth about uh by the way if you guys haven't listened Stuart thinks our grandmothers can load side load apps on android and uh it's <laughs> no i'm just kidding but but it was it was a nice conversation because i you can tell at some point someone's playing devil's advocate or, or just asking the question, but it, it's a well-rounded conversation. It's not a, oh, we all feel this way or we all feel that way. It, it feels honest and it's open. Almost always, if we come up with a topic that we think would be interesting to discuss, but we all agree on it, we won't include it because there's nothing really to say. Someone describes it, everyone goes, yeah, true. And then you move on. You know, this is, it's not an interesting discussion, but the reason we can do that is because we can have disagreements while being good natured about it. 
uh, which doesn't That's work. That's hard for some people. It doesn't work mm-hmm. with everybody. Um, I we never we'll disagree here. <laughs> no, we all, we yes, all we we always say, agree Joe is wrong. We yeah. always yeah. agree <laughs> I'm wrong, and we all agree that uh, Mint's website's just horrendous. But other than that, you know, we disagree on everything else. We're going we're gonna to test those waters in a minute. <laughs> we recently did a show where we talked about some topics that are, are affecting Mozilla and Firefox. And you had posted a, a tweet that you maybe had a different viewpoint than we did. So we want to we wanna get into that. We want to know what, what, how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, um, I wasn't really... Uh, it was an interesting show, first of all, I should say. And uh, if anyone's listening to this and they haven't listened to the previous shows, you should go back and do so. Um, but the thing I was really disagreeing with wasn't that segment. It was the one about toxicity in the community. I knew it. I okay. knew it. All right, good. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, and to be clear, again, I wasn't disagreeing with everything. Probably three quarters of the conversation you had, I would not only agree with, but I think was the right thing to do. But the points you were making about there being about us having, about us being a community full of toxicity, well, completely correct. And it's terrible. What I don't think I agree with is your proposals for how we fix it. Okay, so what do you propose that we do, Stuart? So, (laughs) um, I went and did a little bit of research. And if you look at popular windows podcasts right i just i did a search got the list and flicked through them all the popular windows podcasts are about things you can do with windows all the popular linux podcasts are about things you can do to linux they're not about doing things with it at all um so if you want information on um which distribution you should be using which desktop uh, manager you should be using which window manager you should be using how to configure your wi-fi stack how to swap out your wi-fi stack for a different wi-fi stack you are extremely well supplied but i think not only do most people not want that but we're turning people away from the community by suggesting by implication that that's what you ought to care about if you're a linux user um so uh there's a bloke called chris jones Uh, I worked with him at Canonical a while back, and he tells a story about the thing which moved him. I mean, this is a guy who worked at Canonical, right? And and one of the reasons he moved away from Linux, and he's now primarily a Mac user, is he had a bunch of photographs of his family and wanted to turn them into a nice little book to give to someone as a present. And on a Mac you basically clicked an item in the menu to say, do this in iPhoto, and it did it. How would you do that on Linux? And the answer is... Well, first you would would log out, you go get your MacBook... And then you and then you load up and do the same thing. That's what that's what Rocco does. That's what I do. I just I get my wife to get her MacBook Pro out and do it. Yeah, on Linux you'd you'd have to figure it out first. Figure out which one might do that for you, and install all eight of them, and then try them all out and figure out you know well this one did it the best, so maybe that one. I go from here and I turn to here to my right, and I get on the iMac, and that's how I do it. <laughs> yeah. 
This, I mean, that's one example, but I think it's emblematic of the issue that we have as a community, as a section of the industry, that we're not actually solving real people's problems. I mean, you find if you're a developer, we are doing quite a good job of solving your problem. Um, if you look at the Stack uh, Overflow survey for 2019, I haven't seen the 2020 figures, but for 2019, 50% um, of those responding were Windows users, 25% were Mac users, 25% were Linux users. So, you know, doing quite a good job at solving your problem. If you're a developer, we're doing quite a good job of solving your problem if you're a sysadmin, right? Linux is hugely yep, yep. dominant on the server, um, and that's great. But actual people who have problems with contacts and photographs and bills and holidays, there's nothing, yep. you know? And I think the problem is not just that we're not doing this, but we're not even attempting to build a community which fixes this problem. Another example, right? Um, my my father um, has been taking pictures and uh, little, short little videos of my daughter from when she was born up until now. She's 20 now. So he's got 20 years worth of little video clips. And what he'd like to do is glue them all together into a big long video with maybe some nice transitions in between them and uh, some music on the back and then make it into a DVD. How'd you do that on Linux? I mean, this is trivial on windows there are 50 different applications which will do this for you on a mac there are three or four no problem and you can just choose the one you like in particular how would you do it on linux i don't know how you would do it on linux but i know that some people would say that a problem like that is not linux's fault it's the developers and the application the software makers that aren't are not making applications for linux and that that's exactly the point so there are having actually looked into this <laughs> um <laughs> because i'm trying to solve my dad's problem right um there are half a dozen linux applications um most of which are unfinished uh most of which have not been touched for years or they only do pictures and they don't do video or they won't read mp3s Right. Um, there is nothing to do this on. I mean, you can solve the problem with a video editor. If you want to glue all the bits together in a video editor yourself, like KDN Live, then you can do that. But at that point, you're not a normal user. You're a video editor. Right? Um, yes. If you made me solve this problem, um, which I'm in a position of having to do, if I was doing it myself, I'd do it in KDN Live, but that's a stupid solution. Um, offering that to some, or, you know, or I'd write the world's most complicated 19-line Python script, which shells out to FFmpeg and takes 30 hours to encode a video, right? It's, <laughs> but I completely agree with you. The problem is that we don't have good applications. So you're all sitting there looking at a desktop at the moment. Um, for each of you, I assume you have something on the screen which is the equivalent of ubuntu's launcher where it has the applications you've got running the applications you've got pinned yep. that you launch a lot right yep mm -hmm. so looking at mine on it are i was thinking about um uh good quality linux applications and there are hardly any 
um, pretty much all the decent applications we've got are cross-platform applications where there happens to be a Linux version. So just going down my launch about Firefox, cross-platform application, Discord, cross-platform, Telegram, cross-platform, Sublime Text, cross-platform, Signal, cross-platform, the Arduino IDE, cross-platform, Zoom, cross-platform, and the Linux version lags behind because we still don't have virtual backgrounds. Audacity, cross-platform, but interesting. And Liferia, which is, as far as I'm aware, the only Linux native uh, application that I have pinned that I use a lot. And honestly, this is not because it's absolute best in breed among RSS readers in the industry. It's because it's what there is. I'd much rather have Net Newswire, but there isn't a version of it. Right. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts because maybe you all have. Uh, maybe you all do use um, Linux native applications every day that that didn't originate on another platform where we have basically a pity port, which we get. Yeah, to this use. is just ridiculous. All <laughs> of my applications are Linux only. Linux for yeah, I don't have. Yeah. I don't think I have any that are. Feel, feel, no, feel free only. to read yeah. down your. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I have any. Yeah, I think we're, all, we're, what are we looking at? We're looking at Caden Live, GIMP, OBS, Mumble, Audacity, Slack, Discord, Telegram, VS Codium, the terminal. So maybe that. <laughs> <laughs> but even our, even our terminal, the thing which we're supposed to be good at isn't actually that under. good no <laughs> one's particularly innovating in stuff you can do with the terminal yep. you look at something like iterm2 on the mac it's got tons of stuff in gnome yep. terminals like here's a box console yeah, yeah. Stuff, but, you know, <laughs> yeah i think uh gnome boxes uh i've got that that's probably okay no uh, fair play yes that's that's a linux native application and it's good at what it does yes yeah and then um the only other one well, cheese was there because I used it for a second to check my camera one time, and then uh, GUVC view. Cheese is not an view. application. It's basically a built. It's like the image yeah. view. I mean, yeah, sure, someone has to write it, but it's not right. Like... Somebody did it. Sorry to the cheese developer. It's... <laughs> I mean, it's perfectly good at what it does, but what it does is a utility function. It's not right. an app. Right, and then GUVC view only because Logitech doesn't make native software for Linux, so it's it's definitely a a have to type thing. Zooming out a little bit, I mean, the DE that you use, if you actually like it, as in prefer it, then I would argue that's some kind of application. I mean, it's a bundle of applications, but it's it's something that's native only to Linux. Yeah, but is it significantly better than Rivals on other platforms? I mean, are you honestly sitting... I don't know what, what it is you use, and I don't want to get into it, because right. that's the whole point of this conversation, <laughs> which I'll get on to. Um, but... It's a thing for launching applications. It's like caring sure. what the road outside your house is made of. <laughs> its job is to be a road. Some, some feel better than others. The job of the desktop environment is to launch the applications that do the things with photos and bills and True. holidays that I actually care about. Right. Supposed to get out of your way. Yeah. And, yeah. and this to me is the thing we don't have. We don't have enough applications and we don't, even those we do have aren't particularly good. The, all the actual interest and innovation in building apps that people want to use is happening on other platforms, and we're kind of grateful that we got. Yeah, we definitely make, make compromises. You know, I, 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 and this is not sure. I mean, you can point to, uh, you can point and say, well, you know, Adobe had to um, invest 
millions and millions and millions of dollars into building Photoshop, and the GIMP people just can't keep up. Um, GNU uh, IMP people just can't keep up. And <laughs> One of those a, titles. That's a fair comment to make. Um, but even if you leave us, even if you say, "Well, Linux isn't really about consumer application; it's about people about care about technology." The text editor that everyone is now using is VS Code, built by someone else, yep. and they happen to bring yep. it it's to up there. Linux as we got a port, and we're grateful, and everyone moved to it. Why weren't we innovating in that for years and years and years? You know, and yeah. that to me is the thing. I mean, um. Well, let me ask you a question, Stuart. Do you think that our the philosophy in Linux, the open source philosophy of if you don't like it, fork it, has anything to do with us staying behind and not making those apps that we desperately need? No. Um, I think the reason that we're not getting great apps which are bringing people to Linux just in order to get at them is because we are not interested or historically have not been interested in building a culture which values apps rather than values the distros that they run on. And you can see that driving the, the toxicity that we were talking about is a lot of it is, oh, well, your distro, this distro, but you're right. And this is where I give uh, you chaps a bit of kicking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 everybody else as well. Um, so looking through that list of Linux podcasts that I mentioned earlier, um, all of these, all, all the podcasts are uh, people with an audience, people with a pulpit. And what they're all doing, most of them, is spending time talking about distributions about the thing which launches your applications there's way more interest given to a point release of some obscure distribution than there is to new applications coming out i'm prepared to bet there are more people using skype on ubuntu than there are using all other distributions put together no podcast Fair about enough. that though it's <laughs> yep. and and i think the reason the toxicity comes about, you, you made um, a bunch of very good points in the earlier discussion, and a lot of them were about divisiveness, about saying um, that a lot of this is caused by individual loud members of the community who are looking to stoke divisiveness and stoke arguments. And you're right. Um, this stuff doesn't actually happen between the people who are actually doing the work the mm -hmm. Ubuntu yeah. team, as you mentioned, the Ubuntu teams congratulate Fedora when a new release comes out. Um, the Snap and the yeah. Flatpak team, who uh, have a very collegial, nice relationship, as far as I can tell. People who are deciding to carry a, an anti-Snap torch would like them to be at one another's throats, and they just totally aren't. Um, but I think all the, the hatred, all the white-knuckled, teeth-gritted despising of the enemy the tribalism the concept of their being enemies that's about half of all the toxicity in the community and if you are someone who wants to set stuff on fire and then stand back and watch everyone burn then fine making ubuntu making videos saying ubuntu is the devil is a terribly <laughs> easy way to stoke 
disagreement mm -hmm. and division and to put people at one another's throats. But we as a community as a whole are not calling those people out. We're not demonstrating to them that they don't speak for us and we don't want the divisiveness. And we're not rising above it. Yeah, maybe... Um, the uh, doing a review of the last four distros or swapping around between different ones and then talking about that is interesting but it also plays into that notion of divisiveness because it encourages new members of uh, people debating entering the Linux community to think that the thing you should care about is which tribe to join and the way to stop that kind of divisiveness is to make that question irrelevant in my opinion. So when someone says, but you're not using that district, you go, sorry, why are you asking about that? It's like, I mean, you talked about uh, the Lakers and a bunch of other teams yep. who I think are basketball teams. I don't really know a lot they about are. this. Um, <laughs> yep. But the arguments we're having aren't even one team versus another. They're declaring loyalty based on who makes the sneakers that a player wears. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's, right. And if you want to stoke a bunch of divisiveness, you can do that. And if you start doing a podcast based on which sneakers LeBron James decided to wear when, you know, he was playing at his best, then you will create tribes where none existed before. And people yeah. will gladly um, scream abuse in YouTube comments about how they like Nike or New Balance or whatever. I don't know a lot about trainers either. You might be able to tell. But um, You definitely won't find no, them in no, New no. Balance, but yes, get your point is taken. It's great. <laughs> this, is yeah. this is what I'm saying. Um, but it, you create that tribalism, but what that community ought to do if someone tries that is just to go, but that's not relevant. Shut up. Yeah. You know, the way to stop divisive is not to join a side. <laughs> right. You can't stop tribalism by attempting to fight for your tribe winning over the others. Because the people who are attempting to strike that kind of divisiveness don't care which tribe you pick. They just care that you pick one and other people pick a different one because then there's a fight. This is why, if you look, I mean, we mentioned, we talked about uh, Alan Pope earlier, and he built a site called Make a Linux app, makealinux.app. And it talks about how to make applications and how that's what we ought to be talking about, not about distributions. And I completely agree with it. But it doesn't take a partisan side. It's like, okay, build an application. There are these half dozen different technologies. There are these um, half dozen different ways of distributing it. doesn't matter which you pick. Just do something. Build a thing which lets uh, my dad glue together videos into a DVD. <laughs> or into but a video that he can upload QT. to YouTube. Right. I don't, I don't use QT. I'm a GTK guy, dude. I don't. This, this, this is exactly the point. And because our community is not only divided, but people think the solution to that is to fight harder for your team until no other teams are left. <laughs> right. It makes it worse. And... That to me is the um, it seems ridiculous. To me. I, I don't think anyone would say, Yeah, it's really great that there's all this divisiveness and toxicity within the community. But the same people, in my experience, will then go on to say, 
okay, and these are the two distros I'm currently debating using, and I'm thinking about this third one. And that just plays into the hands of people who are looking to stoke division. And it feels like we're being taken for chumps by people who want to set things on fire because they get a thrill out of watching it burn. You know, don't give them the divisiveness that they want because it's bad for us as a community. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't have an opinion on this, but talk about stuff where we're not divided. You know, if yeah. if, if every Linux podcast was 80% about cool new apps that have come out, and then there were little bits at the end about, let's talk about distributions, I don't think we'd have half the divisiveness, half the division that we currently have. Um, Ezra Klein, who was editor of Vox, wrote a really interesting book um, last year called Why We're Polarised. And it's about it's about political divisiveness. Um, Never heard of it. Political divisiveness. It, it's really, <laughs> a really interesting book. And it it makes the, 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 the hypothesis, the thesis, that... People tend to think that what they do is they have a collection of beliefs and then find a tribe which best identifies with those. But actually, what everybody does, although they won't admit it to themselves, is pick a tribe and then adopt its beliefs. Absolutely. So, And you talked about this um, eloquently in the last show, that uh, there's very much a, a uh, I'm going to fight for my team, even though, you know, Maybe I'm not 100% comfortable with that all time, but I want my team to win. And I don't, I don't even think it's I want my team to win. It's given the choice between all of Linux winning, including the people I don't like, or the people I don't like losing, even if I have to lose as well to make that happen, we're encouraging people to pick a world where they're the bad guys. If you look at yeah. history, right? Um, a, if, you, if you look at the etymology of various languages' words for foreigner, they tend to be words which mean those guys over there. <laughs> the <laughs> barbarian was Greek, I think. Um, and the implication was that... Um, the barbarians just went ba 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 like babies because they couldn't speak properly, and stoking it's that kind of division, that kind of tribalism, exactly as you said. And if we encourage people to think that the thing to care about, if you're a Linux user, is the distribution you use, the desktop manager you use, the window manager that you use, then. All we're doing is giving them fuel for things to fight about. When that stuff really oughtn't to be that important. Well, I think in the community, you're looking at it from a very broad view. Um, looking back, pulling, zooming out and seeing all of this happen. When you're looking at it from, say, a community standpoint or like even just whittle it down to like, say, me as a YouTube person. I look at it as I am talking about all of these different items, whether it be a distro or whatever it may be, to help people make their decision, to say, these are the facts about this particular thing, and you make the decision on your own. Also, but couple that with a community that doesn't care which one you pick. 
that allows you to freely talk about all of those other opposing views and still not act like you're somebody from the outside. So this is like a really good conversation, really food for thought to say, hey, you know, what is the actual goals and what are we doing? What can we do to make it better? Because I never really thought about it as far as your overview to say, hey, we're talking about things that are just pitting people against each other. Yeah, I think I think uh, to tag onto that, I think the idea was one of the great things about Linux is the choice. So there's a lot of distributions that do it very differently. And and some of that may work with your workflow. Some of it may. Some of it may be a little more advanced. Some of it may be a little simpler, and they offer benefits in both ways. Um, the GNOME desktop might work great for how you operate. KDE might work great. Um, and that's, I guess, what I find is that's why people end up here sometimes is because they go, ooh, on Windows or Mac OS, they decided this is the only way to do it. And I saw how this other one works. And I like doing it that way. So I guess our, our um, or at least part of my goals was, hey, let's showcase what's out there. And then to Rocco's point, now they're educated on the fact and they can make a decision. They can go try it and it not be so daunting. I remember when I was trying distros from the beginning, it was blind. I'm like, okay, download, install. I have no idea what I'm getting into, what I'm looking at, or I'm just trying all the new things. It would have been nice to find something that educated me on, uh, you know, some of the ways, some of the things that I might be facing as I get into them, that they operate a little differently. And, um, but not, I'd never really thought of it as the point of like, Hey, here, we're just shoveling more fire on the mint hate or shoveling more <laughs> coal into the, you know, the, uh, snap hate or anything like that. It was just more, Hey, let's showcase what's out there. Yeah. I, th I think a lot of, um, a lot of my point of view came from, uh, I never had any of that. I mean, I started in Linux before, uh, I really knew that there were a whole lot of forums about Linux, so I didn't even know that there was toxicity in the first place. Someone just handed me a Slackware disk and was like, go. And so that's what I did. And after that, moved moved around, but mostly to Ubuntu because it just happened to be the most popular. Anytime you did a search on Linux, Ubuntu would pop up. So that's where I gravitated as well. It wasn't until much, much later that I realized that once you start getting into these communities where they talk about stuff, which, by the way, I don't think the majority of people do. They, mm -hmm. they just do not subscribe to these communities in the first place. They get, uh, as, as you say, they get, they get the, the desktop environment or they get the operating system or whatever, and they plop it on their system and then they go do things with it. They don't talk about Ubuntu all of the time because there's nothing to talk about other than, well, what just updated on it? Well, what does that matter? So uh, it's it's not until you try to get into these communities and uh, start talking to people that have really passionate opinions about what should be what that you end up getting into the toxicity because there are questions about, well, what's the best way to do this? And uh, obviously, everybody's going to have a different answer to that. So uh, I think I make this point in the podcast as well, which is you can't get rid of the toxicity because there's always a choice, no matter if you're talking about the desktop environment, the um, the distribution, the app that you use, I would put money that there is a debate raging right now between Adobe Premiere and uh, Sony Vegas. Or is it, I don't even know if Sony owns it anymore. But 
those those two things. I would bet that if you get into the communities of those video editors, there will be people on both sides that will call the other one horrible because it doesn't have this feature or do that one thing. So the the unfortunate thing I think is that we're we're drawn to tribes. We're drawn to this uh, notion of mine is better because it's mine. Well, we all know DaVinci Resolve is the best video editor. Oh, so see, I should have thrown that one in there. Yeah. I, I think to further expand upon what Joe said, uh, uh, we try to paint the picture of the history and how things have come about so that people can be better informed of what the options are and know you know, why it exists, I guess. And uh, I think that's important to have that information because a lot of people go into it blind and don't know where it came from and they develop their own opinion without being informed and know, you know, all those things. So that's, that's how I developed my opinion. I was very uninformed. Yeah. And it's, it's not healthy. I, I don't think, I think the information of what is behind it take some of the divisiveness away. Like we said, the people are trying to work together on a lot of these different distributions. And I think we need to, to highlight that the best we yeah. can. That, that I think is very important is, is uplifting the, the good that we see out there and making that the, the centerpiece or, you know, just talk about that because that's, what's important. The, the community aspect of it, the working together and the good that comes out of it. Well, that's the whole point of Linux Spotlight is to highlight right. the good people behind the community, the people that are behind the distros themselves, behind the applications, wh whether it be a developer or a community member. But there are real, real good people in the community, and that's something that we need to highlight. Yeah. And so something that you said earlier um, that really kind of resonated with me, which is, um, you know, people don't we, we shouldn't necessarily be talking about the the, the trainers that we use we should be talking about the stuff that we do while in the trainers and that that is important i think that is really important um and should be i think a bigger highlight in what everybody is talking about because if you if you have this linux distribution and you can't do anything with it what good is it yeah so you and alan i have heard for quite a while uh, just talking about making applications. Don't worry about the, the distribution. Make applications instead. Help people do the jobs that they want to get done. And y'all are doing that. Uh, you, you had mentioned a website that Alan had put together. Um, it, I've, I've lost it now, but it was make apps. Makealinux.app. There you go. It's, it's a one-page website describing things you can uh, use to build applications on Linux. If we cycle that full circle, which is, I almost thought you were going to go there er earlier, Stuart, but I'm, I'm going to take us there because I think it's fascinating. Uh, and I'll start by reading a quote, which you might identify, Stuart. It says, we need to ensure a thriving app ecosystem to bring Linux to the masses. Our dream of an open desktop accessible to all can only be achieved by enabling everyone to develop for Linux. And I'm reading that off your, your site <laughs> at the top by Neil McGovern's. But I, we came across, the, um, I think it was a tweet you and Alan had put out or you had put out about this cabin 
uh, oh, idea, this, ca- this thought. This is cabin. Well, okay. This he is cabin. And, and quote I on think the, it on the plays website. nicely into <laughs> what you were talking about with the apps and, and, and how the community needs to be more or can be, could be more involved in trying to make simple apps that actually do something um, that are native. Because what you were describing before was iMovie, right? I mean, that's 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 the answer to the question, but we don't have that on Linux of how do you, how do you just plop the videos in there and press go? Yeah, we need G Movie or or or, uh, or K Movie or <laughs> K whatever movie. it is. You know what I'm saying? Like we we need a movie. We need we need it, something. It's gonna be G Movie. Watch. It, it's gonna be GNOME or the yeah, the community right. surrounding it that puts it yeah. out first. Yeah. You see, I mean, uh, yes, I agree with you. I would very much like iMovie or something like it. <laughs> But um, smaller problems as well. And Cabin is designed for smaller problems. To give you an example, on my phone, I have an application called Pixay. And what it lets you do is take an image and then put a speech bubble on it with some text in. And it lets you change the uh, the font of the text and drag the speech bubble about to be a different shape and um, different sizes and different colours. And then give you an image, which you can then post to Twitter to take the mickey out of someone's idea or whatever, right? Um, (laughs) And it's the sort of thing where you think, but that's trivial. Would you need an app for that for? We've got Kriter, we've got um, GNUimp, whatever. Why would you want something different? Right, it's that that same problem. It's actually, first of all, yeah, um, it's that same problem. But actually, it's surprisingly hard to take an image and draw a speech bubble on it with some text which looks good right unless you're actually good at art that it's surprisingly difficult it will look rubbish like it was drawn by someone in ms paint Whereas- <laughs> yep. i was going to tell you that i could do that but it's probably going to lack the last two words you said like looks good so yeah, yeah. and that's the thing i mean yeah and i can do it in the same way you could do it in photoshop if you wanted to but again it'd look rubbish what you want is you want it to have a nice little shadow around it and you want the border thickness to be about right and balanced with the font and you want the font to be properly centred and spaced and so on. And all this stuff is trivial if you're a designer, but it's actually quite hard if you're not. If you just draw something, it looks rubbish. And you think, well, why does that look rubbish? I don't I don't even know why it looks rubbish. I just know when I draw things, they look rubbish. <laughs> and when designer friends do it, it just looks great. I don't even know what I don't even think they know what they're doing. They're just doing it and it's everything's magic. balanced. And you can go through, you know, um, you could spend some time learning about uh, uh font kerning and spacing and um keeping uh, all the lines on your page aligned correctly and how this thickness goes with this thickness. and But at that point, that's trained to be a designer. And what I'd rather have is an application which does it for me. And there isn't one for Linux. And think about all the... I mean, almost by definition, every application for Android was created after Ubuntu existed for example. Yep. Mm-hmm. But we don't have applications to do this. And the reason we don't have applications to do this is because no one write, no one sits down to write them. And I think half the reason people don't sit down to write them is we are not creating a culture. We're not even encouraging a culture where that's what we as the Linux community want. 
So I, I think, uh, have you been following uh, Elementary OS at all with their app store? And... Elementary are absolutely trying to do this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and th- that's something that I've been watching. I agree with Dan entirely on this. That's absolutely the motivation they have for yeah. it. Um, and it's good. And I really do hope they succeed because what they're trying to do is inculcate a culture where that's what people want. Mm-hmm. But again, Stuart, look at the heat and the flack that they took for making for starting out yeah. and making those decisions to say, you know, this is how we're going. This is the direction we're going in. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's exactly the thing. The, the reason they get narky when you refer to elementary as a Linux distribution rather than an OS is it massively undermines their goal to create that culture. Mm-hmm. And that's what needs to change. We need a cultural change. And this is half the reason I'm talking to you about this is that that requires community leaders to lead people in that direction. People with a pulpit, people with an audience who can stand up and say, not only these divisive people are not representative of what we do, but to encourage the rest of the community to think that as well. When you say there's no way to stop divisiveness, I agree there's no way to stop people attempting to be divisive, but there is a way to stop being divided by it. Mm -hmm. If you look at, um, without, I don't want to go all political here, but divisive politics, I think most people would agree, is kind of on the trend up at the moment. But... Most of the things that are being said aren't new. Someone was saying them 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago. The difference is that a bunch of people decided they would listen yeah. or report on them. And, we're, you know, um, to give those views credence in the minds of their audiences. And yeah. what should have happened is they should have been dismissed. And... That's the mistake that we've made, I think, as a community. That we're not prepared to dismiss that kind of divisiveness. And I think if... I I, I will buy some of what you were saying, Dan. um, If you encourage people to change and to be educated, I think that they will. Um, I'm less sure about this than I was, but I'm prepared to buy that if you encourage people to change, to strive for a better world, then they will do so. Um, And frankly, if you encourage people to change and they don't do so, then the community is already so toxic that it's game over. Right. But there's a resistance to changing anything which requires effort to do so. And as far as I can tell, that can't be anything else but the people who are currently doing well not wanting to have to put in extra effort to continue doing well. Right? So take, let me pick an example. So think about uh, trivial changes um, that actually do make a difference to some people and don't to others. So, as an example, when um, uh, the tech industry as a whole, started changing things that are said uh that were called master and slave to be like primary and replica or something like that and that was essentially that in itself is not going to change anything but it's uh, an attempt to say to uh people who have 
previously been uh, rejected and felt rejected from our community, whether that's the tech community or the Linux community or whatever, to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we were wrong about a bunch of stuff, and we're trying to change. Here's a small thing. And what happened? Half the community rose up against it, which is a bigger signal that we haven't changed and it's just as bad than the fact that things were called master and slave in the first place. I mean, yeah, say to someone, okay, um, you remember when your uh, great-great-grandfather was kidnapped and made to work as a slave? We decided to not name a database after that concept. It's not actually going to fix anything, but it's an indication to say, you know what, we've decided that maybe a little tiny bit, we do care now <laughs> um, that we yeah. want our community to be more welcoming. And what probably happened was, a bunch of people went, oh, we don't want our community to be more welcoming. We don't want this to change. It's ridiculous why are we even having this discussion. And that, I think, that's a much bigger signal that, yeah, you're not welcome in this community. If, largely, if you don't look like me. And it's terrible. Right. You know? And I hope our community is not so toxic that we can't come back from that cliff edge but every time someone attempts to make that change whether it's saying let's talk about applications because they're what real people want or let's um try and change some things that turn you away if you're a woman um the fact that there's this huge pushback against that suggests that maybe we want it this way not only is it toxic, it's it's not accidental. It's that way deliberately because um, the divisive people are not um, just a few individual loud voices who are ruining it for everybody else. They're all of us, right? You know, I mean, yesterday I heard um, Leonard Cohen died in 2016 and just before he died, his last album came out and it's called You Want It Darker. Uh, I hadn't heard it before now. I mean, I quite like Leonard Cohen, but I hadn't heard the most recent album. And I listened to it last night. And it's excellent, by the way, and you should go and listen to it. <laughs> but the, the title song, um, it's called, uh, the title song of the album is also called You Want It Darker. And the chorus ends, You Want It Darker, We Kill the Flame. And I thought, huh, is that what it is? And this is the reason um, I wanted to talk to you about it is, as I say, you, you have an audience, you have influence, you have a pulpit. People are going to listen to you and take cues on how and what is the right thing to do, how and what is the wrong thing to do, how to react to these things happening in the community. They're going to take them from you and... I was going to say it was Edmund Burke, but I don't think it was Edmund Burke. I think it was Mill. You said, you know, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good people do nothing. And I feel like those of us with a voice ought to be not just saying we're not supporting these divisive people and that's enough. We're actually making a stand to stand up against it. We have to be the change that we want to see. Yeah. yeah, we have to have the open conversation to open the community to the open source. <laughs> but I think that we also need specifics, you know, like me personally, I, I don't I can't speak for any of these other guys, but me personally, you know, I know that there is influence as far as, you know, what we talk about and we 
try to be open as a community. We try to be friendly as a community, but that's not quite enough. So what can we do specifically to combat this? Well, this is why my proposal was talk about applications and not distributions. Because deciding which distribution you want to use is ultimately a divisive topic. Yeah, ideally, what you want to do is give people the information they need to make an informed choice and then tell them. And then once you've made your decision, shut up about it and don't tell anyone else that they're wrong for making a different decision to you. But that doesn't work because we've been trying that for 20 years and it doesn't No, we'll just work. add that to the end now. We're going to wrap up every distro now with, okay, now you know what it does. Shut up. Yeah. And, and use it. That, yeah. I like that. I, I think That's it's good. Uh, it's it, a good it would strike me. Um, some people might say it is slightly hypocritical for you to go, here are our thoughts on a bunch of different industries, but you're not allowed to talk about them. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so this is why part of my suggestion is, we as a community, um, you as podcasters, us as community, I hate the word influencer, but you know what I mean. Um, yep. Stop Everyone go check out my Instagram. Yeah, exactly, right? right? This is why the, the <laughs> Make Linux app thing I think is good, not because it's um, purely talking about the technology behind applications or whatever, but it's saying we, we need to move the conversation on because hmm. every year that we spend fighting with one another about which distribution is best is another year that the rest of the world gets further ahead of us because they've already got the application which takes your photos and turns them into a book. They've had it for 10 years. Now they get to innovate on more interesting stuff. And even at a technological level about your distribution, you look at, um, say, the Mac, right? They built a system which uh, allowed each application to have the concept of a document, right? And if you use that framework, which you were encouraged to do, then applications shared the concept of a document, and that's all that it did. And there wasn't that much benefit to doing it. But then once you had that in place, you can then go on and say, okay, now we in the operating, uh, operating system level are going to implement versioning for documents. And then all your applications get it. Bong. Done. Every application has uh, a history of everything that you've opened and saved. There's a complete history of it. And you can walk back in that history. You can undo back to different points of it. That's brilliant. But you can't do that until you've got everyone on board in the first place. And we won't get everyone on board in the first place. So you can't do any second level innovation where you build on the stuff you've already got because you can't get the first level done. I mean, this is to some extent what things like the free desktop initiative for is for, right? And to some extent it works. But what we're calling first level um, uh, innovation at that level is being able to cut and paste things from one application into another. And that was quite a technical challenge when it first came about, right? And it's a lot easier if you are Microsoft or Apple because you just go, this is the way that it works and no one else can change it. Whereas we had a bunch of different people working on different projects who needed to cooperate. Free desktop doesn't exist on other platforms because you don't need a way of all the different people coordinating. You just need one person to go, this is the way it is and everyone else has to listen. But think about all the things that we could do if you even got to the stage where all applications agreed. Like, how do you make it so when you click on a link in your application, it comes up in your system web browser? I'm still not 100% convinced that that works in all the applications I've got on my desktop. 
right? And that's, I mean, that's the most trivial example of cooperation you can possibly imagine. Now, imagine what you ought to be able to do from that is then come up with something like Android Share Panel, right? Or you want to be able to use coloured emoji. So someone comes, someone yeah. comes, someone comes, looks and go, I don't understand. When I paste emoji into the messages I'm sending to people, they're all these weird little black and white things. They don't look right at all. Um, on, on other platforms, people will choose between different platforms based on whether they like the emoji or not. I know people who have bought <laughs> iPhones rather than Android phones or Android phones rather than iPhones because they like the fact that Apple's gun emoji was a water pistol, right? We haven't even got to the stage where you can display coloured emoji in all your applications yet. You've got to go make changes to the font config file in slash etc. How are we going to get to the stage where the next level happens? And, and that's what I'm talking about. If we keep talking about distributions, then what we're encouraging people to think about, to think is important, is their choice of distribution, which is... The best that that could be is having people waste a bunch of time arguing about it. And what we've actually seen is it's a lot worse than that because it leads not only to the community being divided, but it provides a whole bunch of cracks into which it's terribly easy for people to hammer a wedge and then make our community even more divided than it is because they like watching us have fights with one another because it's hilarious if you're a 4chan person or whatever. And so, even though this stuff is interesting, I think we should stop talking about it. <laughs> well, that's it. We're going to cancel the rest of the uh, yep. shows. We're all done. done. This has been your final episode of, of Linux User. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to triple down uh, no, now. Stuart, Stuart we, I, we really appreciate you coming on. And I, I you've actually got me thinking... Um, and I think all of us too, you know, we, we are, we want to be conscious of the way we shape narrative and the way we shape things yeah. that we're talking about. And I, I agree a hundred percent in the fact that, um, it feels sometimes that we lose, you know, the forest through the trees and the tree that's in front of us is our distribution and the forest is Linux as a whole. And, and we really need to be better caretakers of the forest in general and, and not so focused on the trees. And, and that will allow it, the forest to grow. And, and that's what we're lacking. And, um, and definitely appreciate you coming on and talking to us about that because it's, um, it's something I don't think anyone solved. We definitely didn't solve it today, but I like some of the direction some of these voices like yourself are are wanting to push the community in and i think it's uh it's a positive thing that uh will hopefully yield a better output thank you very much for being prepared to invite me on here in order to shout at you about the show that i'm on <laughs> which which would seem terribly ungrateful to basically everyone on earth so um so i very much i very much appreciate you you allowing me to do that yeah. I mean, this is the change we want to see, right? I mean, we want to have these conversations and yeah. move things forward. So this was, uh, I mean, enlightening and a bit of an honor, to be honest. Like we said in the last show, I think there are so many good people in the community that maybe just need a little bit more direction in the way to go and how to go about it so that, you know, we can all push in the same direction. It would be, yeah, I, I agree with you. I uh, agree with Dan that... 
people in general are most people in general are decent are good people they want to do the right thing they strive to do the right thing to not be divided it's just it's easy to make people fall back on the worst parts of themselves and if we could do better yeah then i think we really do have the chance to forge the the sort of community that we talk about having when i'm not 100 percent sure we actually do have it but helping us live up to our better goals you know if you be if i could be a part of that that would be a, a nice thing to happen housekeeping fluffer hello the community has some fantastic members, and we want to make sure to highlight that. In our podcast showcase for this episode, we have Bad Voltage. Stuart, Jono, and Jeremy take a deep dive into a wide variety of topics, mostly focused around technology and open source. I know you guys listen, so what do you think? Love it. Yeah, I was listening to the most recent episode earlier today, and I mean, it, it is... It's, a wide variety of topics I don't think actually covers it. It's everything, anything. Yeah. The the thing that uh, had me going was the um, McAfee McCafe thing. Oh, <laughs> man, I couldn't believe it. And just McCafe, and then someone comes up and says, uh, your antivirus is really bad or something like that. Just, uh, yeah, it, it's such a wide, it's such a wide range of everything. It makes me laugh. Dude, these guys come up with great topics. They're super intelligent. And yet they can bring a topic down to anybody's level and they have such good chemistry together that it doesn't matter what they're talking about. Yeah. Right. It just doesn't. Yeah. You can, you can listen to that and it, it's not time sensitive. You could listen to last year's episode and still enjoy it the same way you can now. And yeah, it's so great. Yeah. Stuart, Stuart making the case on the last one for that, that grandparents were going to be sideloading apps from a store, from a side-loaded store on Android or I, like, I'm, <laughs> I mean, he was really hooked. He was sold on it. He was selling it hard. But the fact that they're just talking about everything tech, and I, that's what appeals to me is I love Linux and I love that, but also it's nice to just hear about tech things, you know, and tech topics that are affecting the world. So yeah, great, great listen. If you haven't got on it, get on it. Yep. Add it to your uh, podcast list. Highly recommend. If you like what you hear on this show, please consider sponsoring us on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash Linux user space. That's patreon.com forward slash Linux user space, all one word. You can send your questions and feedback to contact at linuxuserspace.show. We'll read your email and hopefully we'll get to read one on the air. When it's working. When it's working. <laughs> I blame Rocco. <laughs> it's been working. Anyway, please follow us on Twitter at Linux user space to get all the latest announcements for this show and highlights for things that impact your user space. We also have a growing telegram group. Please join us over at Linux user space dot show slash telegram to continue the conversation. Lastly, don't forget to rate this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast application, and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. You can always get more information at our website, linuxuserspace.show.
This is App Focus, where we focus on your apps. This episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about OBS. So what is OBS? It is the Swiss army knife of PC recording and streaming. If you need to do recording of any kind, be it audio, screen capture, webcam, streaming, all of the above, OBS can do it. I use it everywhere. Uh, there are very few places where I don't use OBS over some other tool. Um, and that, that other tool is just Audacity because uh, Audacity, the waveform, it's fantastic. But other than that, uh, with the Mintcast, it's what I use to live stream. With Terminal Tricks, I will record my desktop, do all kinds of fun stuff. Um, I'm starting to play around with a USB capture card. It'll take care of that for you as well. Uh, I've, I've thrown webcams in there. Um, does, does this sound about right for OBS? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think you're praising it enough and giving it enough things that it can do because it seems like it does everything plus the kitchen sink. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's a plugin called Kitchen Sink by now. There might be. Is there another open source project that is the go-to? Like, it doesn't matter on Windows. It doesn't matter where you're at. OBS is the standard bearer for this product for this layer of products it's 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 amazing i completely agree you said where you at and all i heard was where you app and i think we need to rename the the show section to where, where you, app. you app yep <laughs> but it does it works in all three operating systems i've used it on all three and yep. it's great yep. on every single one of them dan did you just say did you just admit to using windows dan's dan, a closet windows user <sighs> I've done it once or twice. Wow. Yeah, wow, Dan. once or twice a day. <laughs> Why did we invite him on this podcast, Joe? That's right. Uh, <laughs> Windows user space. I've been Hang trying on. to work that out it's for part of your space. a few months now. Yeah, I don't know. Don't uh, worry, we'll get there. He makes a smile. It's You know what it is? It's the way he says, housekeeping. That's, that's why we brought him in. <laughs> well, I use OBS all the time. I, I, w I wouldn't know what to do without it. I mean... It covers everything I need to do for the live streams. It covers everything I need to do to record video for Linux Spotlight. Uh, actually, you know, I use it for other things as well. If I'm usually, if I'm recording just audio, I just started using Audacity, recording audio in Audacity with this podcast. Before that, I would just record in OBS and just grab the audio from it. I remember you telling me that, and I, I couldn't believe it. I, I, it never even dawned on me to do that. Yep. So it's it's amazing. And I don't even use it to the full potential that it can be used. Like, I don't put fancy switches and, and everything. If you go over to Wimpy's stream, oh, man. Wimpy's oh, world, my. Yeah. you should see all of the fancy, awesome stuff that can be done with OBS. And, you know, like I said, I don't use it to its full potential, but it is such a great tool. It is one of the apps that I could say that I have to have period. Oh yeah. It's absolutely it's right there. A new Linux install. It's, it's telegram for me. It's Chrome. It's audacity and it's OBS. Boom, 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 boom. And then Slack. Joe, did you just admit to using Chrome? Oh yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I ain't scared. Yeah. I use Chrome all the time. I go to the Google yeah. website, I download the Deb <laughs> and then I install it because it works. And Which I want is why it's so weird to hear to hear you talk about how how people can't get Chromium. You're over here using Chrome the entire time, yeah, man. Chromium yeah. sucks. I just go get Chrome. <laughs> the and then, wait, wait, yeah. what's the difference? 
Well, I'll prepare. I have to use it. I have to use Chrome for work. So that uh, is yeah. why it is at the top of my list. I'm, I'm uh, sounds the same like way. an excuse to me, Leo. It is yeah. an excuse. Uh, honestly, like an excuse, but honestly, it's a good it one. is. But I kind of gotta, I gotta sit over here on Joe's side on this one because, yeah, Chrome. No matter what device I'm on, if I'm doing any work, it's in, it's yeah. in Chrome. It's in Chrome. I don't I mean, like it. I won't, I won't admit to what browser I have open at the moment. So it's Chrome. It's Vivaldi. Dan, it's Vivaldi, Dan, isn't it? Where it's can brave. everybody send their hate mail to? Oh well, you could send it to Joe's. Twitter, I think. Yeah, That's you can tweet, 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 tweet at me. Let's, let's send you it to tweet at me at, at KCBEZ2 yeah, yeah. on Twitter. Wow. You pretty sure that's wow. at JoJo underscore Fett? Yeah, that's the one. So, Joe, you use OBS as well in a not way that we have talked about so far. Yeah, I use OBS for our YouTube channel, which uh, is, uh, you know, it's really, really lively over there. Check it out <laughs> if, you, if you haven't. But, uh, you know, we take our podcast. What, there's like six people that watch? Yes, I mean, maybe four, I, I, seven, okay. I, something in there. But we take our podcast after we record it because we're audio only. And then we do want to upload it to YouTube because there's a lot of folks out there that like listening to podcasts on YouTube, but they like consuming all of their content in YouTube. So we want to make it available. So I take it. Uh, I've got a plugin that does the little audio waveforming with our voices as we're speaking. And it's really nice. And one of the things I uh, use a lot are timers because I can look at the length of our podcast and then I can set OBS. So I don't have to sit here and babysit it. I can just say start and it'll automatically end when the podcast ends. And then it does the file for me and I'm done. So it's oh, kind wow. of a set I it and I didn't even it. know it could do that. Yeah, the That's output awesome. timers are really nice. So if you set that output timer, again, I, I think I run it for maybe three or four seconds longer. It gives me enough time to actually hit record. Um, but it's it's solid. Uh, I love OBS. It is. Uh, it was a little daunting at first. Uh, years ago when I first fired up OBS, I remember going, I can't figure, what is, what is a, uh, you know, I don't, how do I get my screen and it's in the smaller spot and I can't get my camera, but boy, once you get it, it's, and it's not difficult. I was just dumb. Once you get it, it's beautiful. It's such a no, good tool. I, I think you do a disservice to yourself, Joe. I don't think it's easy to start out with OBS. That's the one thing that I wish it was easier. And I'm not talking easier for somebody that knows what's going on. If you've done streaming before, if you've done video before, and you've used other proprietary programs, you kind of can get your way around. If you're coming into this and you have no idea what to do, it's not exactly intuitive and, and everything. But there are so many good tutorials mm -hmm. out there that once you do decide, I want to learn this, it's great. Yeah, there there is a bit of a learning curve, but uh, once you figure out what a scene is and to put things on um, on the area in the screen, it's yeah, it's all downhill from there because that that's the moment that you have that question of, well, how do I make this cooler? Mm -hmm. And then you find a plugin for it and you add that plugin and then yep. you know, it goes zero to sixty real quick. The the one thing that I'm waiting for, and because we just came off of Fedora. Um, we, that, that means we're coming off of Wayland. And one of the things that I'm, I'm just waiting for, waiting for OBS support for Wayland, because right now in Fedora, I'll fire it up and the whole like screen area invisible, can't see it. I, I did actually try and do the Mintcast stuff from a Fedora, uh, install of OBS. It does work. 
you're just flying blind. You have no idea what you're doing. I just hit start streaming, and then the the preview came up, and it's like, oh yeah, no, it, that's totally what you thought it was. But uh, hey, you know, if it breaks, you'll never know. <laughs> Uh, another way I've used OBS, which I don't know if you guys have played with much at all, is um, streaming. So for religious events or anything like that, if you have a pre-recorded video or anything like that and you want to stream it out to a streaming service, once you get your streaming key, it's really nice to set it up. You can tweak your bit rate and all that stuff, and you can actually stream like a really nice you know, video of, of everything. And it runs much better than trying to do it over Zoom because Zoom just, oh, videos yeah. just yeah, not impresses great. it like crazy. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a very, very powerful tool that can do a lot of things. And I think like myself, I feel like I've only scratched the surface on it, but it just is. Dude, we could do a whole show yeah. just on OBS. So powerful. No, just the, the list fantastic. of things is endless. You do anything you want to with it. If, it. if it has anything to do with video or audio, it's OBS has got it. Well, I guess I don't have to ask you guys if you're going to use it. Because uh, it sounds like we all do. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't be without it. Yeah, uh, this has changed my mind. I'm I'm getting rid of it. I'm going to move on to something harder. <laughs> what are you going to go to, Joe? It's, it's too good. It's just you too don't have good. Any... I'm going to find something on Chrome OS. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm going to try and stream. Uh, do all, everything from uh, Chrome OS. We're going to get so much hate mail. <laughs> OBS <laughs> is great. At, Couldn't at live without it. <laughs> Underscore it makes our uh, it makes our lives better. Next time on Linux User Space, we are going to cover our distro of the month, which is OpenSUSE Tumbleweed. And we have been using it for a couple of weeks, but um, let's get a quick take. No giveaways. But um, Joe, what do you think? I have been using OpenSUSE Tumbleweed. No takeaways from that. Wow, that's, that's, okay. No, you didn't give anything okay. away on that. That's that's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Dan? I've been <laughs> learning uh, some new things, so that's good. I, I give you more next time. I thought I thought Pac-Man was different. Yeah. Zipper. Different too. <laughs> I'll give you one I'll give you one more takeaway. Last yeah. queen. There it was. Yeah, there you go. Well, I can tell you that. The initial thing of OpenSUSE is way better than I thought it was. So there you go. If you want to follow along with us, you can join our Telegram group and they will in there help you if you have any issues with it. But we are going to continue using it for two weeks and we will be back next episode to give our final thoughts on it. Dan and Leo will help you. I won't. Wow. Not Joe. Wow. Yeah, not me. Stuart, this has been a great conversation. Will you come back sometime and maybe talk about our Firefox Mozilla conversation? <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to. <laughs> I'm, I don't know if I disagree, but I'd have to listen to that one again. Um, <laughs> and I, I have a whole bunch of very complicated thoughts about Firefox. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, we it's, did not, too. it's not a simple yeah. situation. Yeah, we, we did too. And the that's the problem we run into is, yeah. is there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. currently looking at Firefox thoughts. window right now. Um, with ah, uh, yep. me too. So yeah, I'm fi I'm Firefox user, but I fear we are in a dwindling minority. <laughs> yep. Mm. yep. Well, that's the end of our show, and uh, we're grateful for Stuart. Thank you for joining us, Stuart. Where can we find you? 
uh, well, okay, so if you want to uh, shout at me about things or follow the random burbling run in my brain, Twitter's probably a good place to do it. I'm at SIL on Twitter. Um, if you want to get me to do some work for you or read more considered thoughts, my website is cryogenics.org. Awesome. And guys, where can we find the rest of you at? I'm at Leo Chavez on Twitter. I'm at KC2BEZ. I'm at Big Daddy Linux. And I'm at JoJo underscore FET. Thanks, and we'll see you soon. Rocco, I, I, I mean, uh, Leo, did I mention I'm a hero? Like, I mean, well, like, <laughs> I was doubting it. You might and have then, mentioned that before, Joe. I don't know. I really was doubting it. And then you told us a story about going into the woods. I may have made know, the whole flashlight. Thing up. It was on the news, though, and I have the article to prove it. Wait. Leo, um, you know, Joe doesn't make it to Biddle anymore, and he finds so many reasons yeah. to not make to it go, to Biddle. Yeah, by the like way, he comes up the list with is this so long many good stories of what I, he's doing. So, so it's I unbelievable. Put, I put in I the chat, I say, hey, I was planning on it today, but <laughs> I was in the woods for seven hours helping find an autistic child who was lost on a thousand acre wood you know christopher robin was out there winnie the pooh eeyore like all of them were out there and and rocco goes that takes it to another level rocco's like okay i guess shickle do you have anything i'm like you know what fine dan's got to go to work to fix the wi-fi and and rocco's like oh that's oh that's terrible i'm so sorry to hear that oh man i hope you come terrible it was for our testing site so yeah 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. I, I see where I sit here. That's fine. It's all good. Whatever. We love you, Joe. Whatever. Stop. Stop. We love you, Joe. Yeah. It's true. All right, Dan. All right, let's do it. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Fluffer. Hello. <laughs> you, you hesitated with the in between there, and I was like, um, Fluffer. What? Cushion? <laughs> Fluffer. Lamp? <laughs> I love lamp. What? Oh, I get you fresh towels. Dan's <laughs> fluffing the toilet. What's going on? Oh, it's not the bug. <laughs> anyway, I, I fumbled up the uh, OBS part, or Linux. I fumbled up the uh, Linux do it Coming up on this episode, we <laughs> now you messed it all up. God dang it, Rock. That's it. You got one good take. I know. <laughs> All right. Pressure. Hey, I'm just happy it's not uh, me. <laughs> and also, we're going to talk about OBS, how OBS that's <laughs> Just love that OBS. <laughs> I said OBS. Oh, oh, my gosh. Uh, I hate myself. All right. Can't look at you guys like this. Hello and yeah. <laughs>